0: Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where leaders inspire leaders. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Evan Leong, and with me is my co-host, Carrie Leong.
1: Thank you, Evan. Today's guest is David Watermore, the CEO of Hawaii Biotech, a company dedicated to curing plagues like dengue fever and West Nile virus. He is co-inventor of 19 Hawaii biotech patent applications and has raised nearly $50 $50 million in financing for the company. Mr. Wadamo was named one of Hawaii's 10 Who Made a Difference by the Honolulu Star Bulletin for 2004 and is involved with many nonprofit organizations. Please welcome to our show, David Wadamo Can you tell us a little bit about Hawaii Biotech?
2: Well, thank you. I'm, I'm delighted to be here and talk to both of you today. Well, I think uh, Hawaii Biotech is uh, a company dedicated to trying finding solutions to major unmet medical needs. Uh, these are uh, diseases uh, that people either experience chronically or that can experience uh, in an infectious situation that they might catch uh, uh, in uh, in an airplane or in any other setting. And uh, what we're trying to do is to make a real differ- difference with those diseases uh, for as many people as we possibly can. How contagious are these diseases like West Nile and
0: Ebola and... Dengue fever. I mean, just by walking by somebody and they, them sneezing, can you catch it?
2: Both West Nile and Dengue are spread by mosquitoes. So while the person could sneeze and you wouldn't catch it, if a mosquito bit that person and then flew and bit you, that is what could transmit the the disease itself to you. Um, some of the Ebola, for example, is is much less transmittable. It's not tr- transmitted by vaccines. You have to have actual fluid content or fluid, uh, contact, I should say, with, uh, with, with people who have, have the, d- the disease itself. Okay. So, uh, Hawaii Baltech, how, how old is the company? How many employees? Well, the company's been around a long time in Hawaii. We've been, uh, was started in 1982 by a group of University of Hawaii, uh, professors, uh, mostly scientists, but including a business professor. Uh, I came on about, uh, in the late 2001, um, as, as CEO and, uh, Really, with the with the mission and goal of trying to uh, take uh, some, of uh, um, with, uh, some of the technology that had been in Hawaii Biotech uh, for a long time, we married it with some of the technology that in another small company that I had started. And our our mission was to try and find the uh, the financing and resources to really move those projects from the earlier research stages into animal proof of concept studies, where we can show that. Uh, our protection actually works for animals, uh, or our disease treatments work in animals, and then now uh, we hope to be able to move that into, into people and, and show that there. And we built up the company, um, had uh, probably I think 12 or 15 people originally at that time, although there had been some fluctuation in the number in the prior years before that, and uh, we now have around 70 uh, people, seven zero. Wow. So when you're trying to develop these pharmaceutical type products,
0: then what's the typical cycle? You, you do some R&D test on animals first, and then you get approval, and then you you end up on humans, or how does that work?
2: Well, actually, what you usually start with is an idea that a particular kind of uh, treatment or vaccine might be effective. And with that idea, you actually then try to produce the the vaccine or the compound just to actually make it first. And you'll test that usually in the test tube. That okay. test tube stage of testing can take, uh, sometimes even that c- can take years of time. Um, once it works uh, in, in the test tube, in, in, in some manner of speaking, then you mo- do move on to, into animal testing and uh, show that you will have a benefit to, to, to the animals that you are testing. Then once that uh, has been accomplished, you then need to manufacture this vaccine or this drug according to FDA standards, uh, before you can go into human clinical trials. So you need to demonstrate uh, that you can manufacture this according to what's called uh, uh, good manufacturing practices or GMP. And you need to show that uh, your compound or vaccine is safe as well. Uh, Once you've done that, uh, then then you can move into the human clinical trial phase that includes a phase one that's uh, uh, dedicated towards safety, phase two, uh, that gives you preliminary human efficacy and continues the safety trial, and then a large trial that confirms the earlier findings in a larger group of people uh, that is dedicated to human efficacy, does it work, and safety as well, but in a much larger group. That whole process can take anywhere from 7 to 10 to 12 years of time, from an idea to a completion Obviously, we, everyone tries to do it as quickly as they can, uh, but it is a time-consuming and an expensive, capital-intensive uh, project.
1: How does Hawaii Biotech stay ahead, being that all around the world people are trying to work on treatments for similar viruses?
2: Well, what you hope you have is a, a a solution that no one else has. You try and patent that, and then you try and move as quickly as you can to get that uh, you know get that to the market. And I think you need to reassess yourself about, you know, where do you actually stand compared to all the other people in the world doing this. It really doesn't make sense to spend a lot of time and effort and money on projects uh, in which you'll never be competitive. But if you do have a competitive advantage that you have been able to uh, really solidify by building patents and intellectual property around it, uh, then perhaps you can uh, start attracting the capital to develop these uh, technologies uh, and take them through this whole development process that I just described.
1: Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio.
0: After
2: hundreds of interviews
0: and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanuman.
1: The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed.
0: The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry and will inspire you to live a greater good
1: life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com.
0: How do you sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion? Find out at greatergoodradio.com.
1: Who donates 6% of sales to make more money?
0: Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do
1: you get 100 stores and
0: 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com.
1: Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief?
0: Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. greatergoodradio.com.
1: You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. Today's guest is David Wadumal, the CEO of Hawaii Biotech. He is co-inventor on 19 Hawaii Biotech patent applications and has raised nearly $50 million in financing for the company.
0: I noticed that you have 19 patents that you're co-inventor on. Does that make you a scientist then, or does that make you a, a business person or some kind of a
2: well, I, mixture so, of both? I, I, well, I certainly wouldn't um, hold myself out, out as a scientist. Uh, I'm not a bench scientist and haven't, uh, you know, haven't ever been, but uh, I'm very interested in the science and I think, uh, if you're going to be an executive in a biotech company, you need to be able to understand the science. And I think in this particular case, the contribution I, I did make uh, to the um, technology was to think about a particular type of compound uh, that um, we hadn't been thinking about uh, before. Uh, and th- th- those compounds could give us intellectual property uh, and that we could probably improve some of the uh, characteristics of the existing public compound that was not patentable. So in this particular case, that, that, was, that was my contribution. But clearly there are uh, what I'll call our real scientists doing, doing the heavy lifting and the real work on, uh, on all our, our areas. So I was, I was fortunate here to be, to be listed there. But I, I think really, I think in the biotech space, you can't be just a businessman or just a, a, a scientist uh, at the CEO level or even at many of the other executive levels. You need to be able to understand how they fit together because they, they totally interact and you need to understand how that interaction occurs in order to make the best decisions. Can you give us an example of that, or maybe a story, well, how, how the two came into play? Oh, I, I think that um, what, maybe we could look about how the, the company um, married these two different technologies together. Um, I think that uh, when we had thought about one of our initial projects in the anti-inflammatory area, uh, I was, uh, had started a small company uh, just a couple of people, uh, and really, really felt that we had a, a great potential, but in many ways we, we were an, an idea at, at that point in time. Hawaii Biotech had, uh, had moved itself along in the vaccine area, uh, still very early, um, and I thought that perhaps we could actually create a better scientific environment and a better environment in which we could actually accomplish our goals if we could marry these two technologies together, that the uh, especially the Hawaii market, for investing might look at the combination of these two companies more favorably than each individual company separately. Now, I don't have an experiment where I have one compared to the other, but I think in retrospect, looking back, I think I feel pretty good about the combination of, of, of these two technologies into into one company.
0: Okay. What, what do you think about the prospect for biotechnology in Hawaii? It seems that the state of Hawaii is putting a you know, substantial amount of money into it, into building
2: out Kaka'ako and those areas. What do you see for the future? Well, while a lot of places are also putting um, other uh, resources into their own biotechnology industries, we can do something substantial here in Hawaii as well. That doesn't guarantee that we can do it, and it's not automatic, and a lot of hard work and extra capital needs to be invested here in, in order to make it work. We have as good an opportunity as almost any other place that doesn't have a major biotech hub right now. Why? Because um, I think the people who are in this field, one of the most important criteria they choose is quality of life. And we have a great quality of life here in Hawaii comparable to some of the places on the mainland like La Jolla, California, where in the last 20 years you, you have seen significant amount of biotech industry expansion. We in Hawaii also have here, I think, uh, uh, the commitment of the state government and uh, the legislature uh, that have helped to put together some of the pieces here that other states have not been able to. I I would say I think virtually every state has a biotech industry initiative. But uh, for for Hawaii, we've been able to do some unique things here that I think have helped us significantly, our company specifically, but the industry in general. And so I I really believe we have an opportunity to do something significant here in Hawaii and compete favorably with other places around the world.
1: Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. We're back with David Wadimoff, CEO of Hawaii Biotech.
0: The unique things that you're talking about before the break. What what are some of these things that you're
2: talking about? States done well. I think that the um, the whole concept of allowing or um, or giving tax credits to investors who invest in uh, companies like Hawaii Biotech, and certainly not limited to to, to Hawaii Biotech, uh, but other technology companies, is unique in the country, and uh, has helped a number of companies develop here in Hawaii. And I think in many cases those companies would have either had to move to the mainland or in many cases, and I know in the biotech space, probably not have a chance at all. As it turns out, the, the markets in the biotech uh, space uh, nationally have been focused on much later stage companies. Earlier stage companies like Hawaii Biotech have not been getting funding virtually anywhere in the whole country. As ironic as this may seem, Hawaii was probably the best place for Hawaii Biotech to be, from a financing point of view, in, in the last three or four years. Is that due to the tax credits? Yes. I, I think the credits that um, were passed for initially with 178 and then became 221 and now 215 uh, have, have played a, a very significant role in a, a, attracting uh, investment into technology in general and uh, biotech, uh, more specifically, uh, Hawaii, Hawaii Biotech as well so i think that uh, that that's important also that legislation includes uh some some credits that uh can, can be applied to the company so the companies can receive a, some additional funding from the state for the r&d that's done here in hawaii i mean you have to fund most of it but you do get a credit back from the from the state government for a portion of your r&d that helps equalize the costs between hawaii and other supposedly and when I say supposedly, they're not always less expensive than than Hawaii. The major places we compete with are San Diego, La Jolla area, and the Bay Area, and Boston. None of those are low-cost areas. You know, that's an interesting thing you mentioned on the Act 221, which is now
0: 215, the tax credits, because every single entrepreneur we've brought in here that has had experience with that, has truly their company has benefited. I mean, one, Hoku Scientific, they would not have gotten the financing they needed to make this um, IPO happen, Hank Rogers came in, just sold Jamdat for, to Jamdat for $137 million. He said that one of the main reasons he came to Hawaii was Act 221 and 215. He didn't end up actually needing it, he said, but that was one of the main reasons he came. And then companies like yourself, um, and there's a number of others. So I think you know this really gives an
2: opportunity for us to show the highlights of Act 221 and 215 and how it's really making a difference. I think it really is making a difference. I know in our particular case, uh, we've raised uh, probably about 16 million dollars uh, here in Hawaii uh, of investor funds. Some have been from the been from the mainland, but most or much of that from from uh, Hawaii, uh, and uh, that is putting us in position for uh, additional financing. We've raised about uh, over 30 million dollars in grant funding. Uh, we could not have done that without the funding that we've received that helps us do some of the earlier work uh, that allows us to leverage that a smaller amount of earlier work into a much larger grant as well. And uh, additional financing opportunities that we have that we're exploring. Also, uh, we could not be talking to the people that we're talking to right now if we hadn't had this this additional funding. So I'm very convinced that it's made a very significant difference. On the other hand, uh, that type of financing has been early, is early stage financing. That's what it was designed to do. I think it's done a great job of doing that. It is. It was not designed, nor is it doing much in the way of providing mid stage or later stage financing of larger amounts. Companies that need that need twenty, twenty five, thirty, fifty million dollars of the third round or fourth round or fifth round. That financing is not currently available in in in, in Hawaii. Again, nationally, it, it's it 's not available for many companies, uh, most companies at our stage anyway, but if we want to develop this industry in Hawaii, we will need to to think about how to develop that that later stage financing for companies in Hawaii, so that if the entrepreneurs choose, and hopefully some of them will choose, and I know I would if I could, choose to keep the company in Hawaii rather than selling it uh, to a, either somebody on the mainland who moves the company uh, or Having very significant mainland participation where we lose the Hawaii connection to to these companies
0: don't you think though, one of the main key factors in terms of raising that later stage capital is going to be what kind of value are these investors going to get out of their investment? You have companies like Hoku Scientific going public, yes, Jamdat buying out, yes. you guys uh, hit a liquidity event. We have a, a series of these types of ventures going yes. liquidity events,
1: yes.
0: you know they're coming.
2: Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but but the only the only issue I would raise with that is that there's uh, for Hoku and for um, uh, Blue Lava th- those were early liquidity events. Mm-hmm. I, I think that in general, I don't think we can expect that kind of liquidity kind of for most companies that early. Mm-hmm. And most companies, especially in the Baltic space, I think this is a little different. Need a longer period of time and more capital before y- you may see those those larger liquidity types of events where investors really can sell their stock in the public markets or, or really make uh, a significant amount of money. Mm-hmm. I think um, some of these other um, types of events can be financing events where people, where a company can get additional capital to help get them to the next level, but it's not the same as having a, uh, a dramatically higher price where there's a lot of liquidity in the stock and, and lots of people can sell their stock and Lots of new buyers will come in and maintain the price, so um, I, I still believe that there is a, a, a you know kind of a missing piece, and uh, in in the financing, and uh, I think we with the state's uh, interest uh, in the SPIF or state private investment fund, I think that is uh, one step towards helping create that additional capital. Uh, that's a, f- a fund of funds that would. Uh, Use uh, state resources to help generate capital to venture capital firms in Hawaii, who then in turn could turn around and invest in Hawaii companies, but provide later stage funding after the 215-221 funding has gotten gotten them to a certain level or point. Kind of
0: close the gap is
2: what. Yes, exactly. That does. Yeah. Well, let's go back a little bit and and talk about how you got involved with this whole industry, because you started off as an investment banker, correct? Well, I was uh, in the uh, Wall Street world, if you will. I started off actually as a stockbroker originally at Payneweber and moved into uh, uh, money management of uh, diversified accounts and, and biotech uh, money management as well. I had an early interest or uh, predilection towards uh, the science fields here and uh, was very fortunate to have as uh, a mentor, a good friend who unfortunately has passed away, but uh, a good friend of mine, Jeff Nakamura, who was... Uh, uh, grew up here about a world-class researcher uh, who kind of took me under his scientific wing and took me to all dozens of scientific conferences and introduced me to some of the top science people in the world. That kind of fueled my interest uh, in, in the scientific part of, of this business. Um, that got me interested. Uh, he and I started a business together in the, uh, in the biotech money management area and started me writing about biotech companies for our clients which led to uh, my becoming a biotech analyst. Um, and when I was an analyst, uh, I was fortunate enough to have as clients uh, companies or institutions like the Wisconsin Investment Board, uh, the largest um, biotech investor, you know, at, you know, at the time. Uh, so what you know, I I had been looking around, uh, you know, my whole life for for something that you know really captured my imagination, and uh, found this about 20 years ago, and have never looked back since.
1: You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. Today's guest is David Watermull, CEO of Hawaii Biotech. He is co-inventor on 19 Hawaii Biotech patent applications and has raised nearly $50 million in financing for the company. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio.
0: We're staying cool on Hawaiian time Neptune Nights, the
1: sunshine
0: in your mouth Neptune
1: nights, For bubble tea supplies in your friends, home, at a party or like business Contact Bubble Tea Supply at 948-2622 nights, Or online at mouth. bubbletea.com
0: Neptune Nights, the sunshine in your mouth
1: So you are continuing to tell us about how being an investment banker helped you prepare you for your position with Hawaii Biotech.
2: Well, I think what um, the combination of uh, investment banking, um, biotech money management, biotech analysis did was to give me a perspective uh, from the investor side of the world uh, of what make sense to the people who want to put their money into, in, in, into the biotech space. Uh, it also, I think, helped me understand what, uh, uh, what we need to do uh, in terms of what a company needs to do to attract the eventual public capital from the public markets uh, that uh, all biotech companies need at some point in their, in, in their life. And so I think it's helped, uh, it's helped me at least feel comfortable about where we're going, what we're trying to do with, with Hawaii Biotech, and what a company needs to look like to be eventually uh, self-sufficient and successful.
1: So I wanted to talk a little bit about the community involvement that you folks have. What is the social mission of Hawaii Biotech?
2: Well, it's, it's really interesting because for our particular industry, we can only be financially successful if we help people. We have to provide a very definite health benefit uh, at a reasonable price, or else we're not gonna be financially successful. But at the same time, if we provide a a health benefit, we can make a difference in West Nile and dengue or Ebola or in cardiovascular disease or macular degeneration, the leading cause of blindness in the US. I believe that's a very important and for me personally, uh, meaningful mission. And so it marries, I think, um, the the financial goal and the, and the social goal in, in, into really one goal. They are not inseparable.
0: That's interesting because if yeah. you take a look at uh, what has to happen, exactly what you said, to become a successful company in terms of profit, you have to help as many people as possible be protected from these plagues that can actually wipe out I mean communities and in areas,
2: uh, extremely quick. And in fact, that's probably the only way that that we're that we're going to be successful. Is we have to have that kind of success. Technically, we have to be able to do that. Uh, and uh, in in many ways, if you focus on that, you know, how do we actually help people? The financial part is it's gonna it's gonna fall into place. Uh, and. Uh, if you look at the uh, diseases that we go after in terms of our anti-inflammatories, we're looking at some of the largest unmet medical needs that are out there today in cardiovascular disease. Half the people uh, who have a heart attack today have normal cholesterol. Well, there's another half of, the, of this whole world in, in the cardiovascular area uh, that we feel we may have an opportunity to help. We, we certainly have shown in animals that we can. We, ne- we need to do that in people. And in order to do that in people, we come back to the capital needs that, that we were talking about earlier. But at the end of the day, uh, success for us will only come if we improve people's lives. Are you familiar with the term triple bottom line? Well, I, I, have, heard, I have heard that before, and uh, clearly, and you, know, you can um, uh, also talk about I'm it. I'm not well, that familiar okay, with it, okay, but okay, I just yeah. read it the other day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, well, I, I think w- w- what you need to do is make a company successful for uh, your employees, it has to be for your shareholders, and it has to be successful for uh, the community, the local community and, and the larger community. We are trying to be a, a, an international global company. I mean, we're addressing international global diseases, not even a U.S. company, not even, certainly not a Hawaii company, in the sense of targeting only a Hawaii market. Hawaii market. We would love to be in Hawaii because um, I think that there are some advantages there. But at the same time, we are addressing a larger global audience and so the triple bottom line is to make it successful, at least in my mind, to, to all of those three constituencies.
0: Mm-hmm. Are you doing anything unique within the company in order to make that happen? Any programs you're running? or?
2: Well, I think that um, certainly the whole company is focused on, on the health need, I mean the health need that's, that's out there. But in addition to that, um, we believe that there is a uh, responsibility on the part of a company like Hawaii Biotech who has received a lot of support from Hawaii. Uh, I believe personally, and I think our company, one of our company's missions is to look at uh, giving back to the community in the ways that we can. Uh, we are not able to do large amounts of financial uh, uh, help at at this point in time. But what we can do uh, is we can help mentor kids who are interested in science, try to get them interested in, in it as well. Uh, we can try and go and speak and m- move out in into the community in, in as many different forms as we can uh, that can highlight the benefit of this kind of industry to Hawaii um, and highlight its um, connection to to Hawaii as well. Hawaii has this long-term, I, I think, for, for many years, a history of a healing type of environment. And I, I, and I think we fit right you know, right into that as well.
0: Can you talk, tell maybe a story of uh, one of these success stories you may have had with any of these children or, or something that may have you know moved you and said, wow, this is really making
2: a difference? Well, I think uh, uh, the, one of the other things that, that these uh, kinds of companies can do, and certainly it's not just Hawaii biotech, is that there are many people on the mainland who are from Hawaii, who are in these fields, who I think would, would like to come back to Hawaii. And, and we have a gal who spent 20 years on the mainland, uh, working in um, you know, uh, biotech companies or academic uh, situations, who's been able to, to move back to Hawaii, in fact lives down the street from us, uh, and can come back and, and, and work in Hawaii in, in her chosen field. I think we can do that on a much larger scale. I think that's one of the most important things that we can do to kind of recreate the fabric of of Hawaii where we've seen, I think, at least by the numbers I've read, thousands of of our kind of best and brightest go to the mainland and have to stay. If you want to stay, that's great, but it would be great for them and for the rest of us if we had an opportunity, if they had an opportunity to come back and work in, in a highly skilled field where they can be highly paid. where let's face it, you know, it costs a lot of money to buy a home. But any last words for people out there wondering how they can integrate their community work with their business? Well, I'm a firm believer that, that the two go hand in hand. And I think, at least in our particular case, that the work that we've done with the community has actually helped our business. Uh, our business uh, certainly has to turn around and help the community. This is a community effort to make this industry work here. There's no way that we as one company could, could make this happen here by ourselves. And the participation of the state government, the legislature, uh, these large uh, institutions here that I mentioned earlier, all of that uh, you know, didn't happen by chance. It happens because people get involved and become enthusiastic and, be, and become believers that this will make a difference here in Hawaii. And, and I feel that's part of our mission as well, as to help do that.
0: Thanks for joining us today on Greater Good Radio. For more information or transcript of today's show, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. This is your host Evan Leong and Carrie Leong saying please join us next time for another episode of Greater Good Radio, Hawaii.